Okay, great. Um, I hear we're live, so I'll just take this opportunity to welcome everybody that is watching. Um, we might wait one or two minutes just to let people log in, find the links, find their ways around, um, just so that those who are already there, I'm happy to let you know we are live on various platforms. So I'm welcoming anybody watching us on YouTube, on Facebook, or even on LinkedIn. So happy to have you with us. And yeah, I think for now, let us just, yeah, we'll have a few more minutes and then I'll go through what our program for this webinar is today and who you have here who will be speaking to you and some rules or some just information on how you can interact with us as well throughout the webinar. So yeah, so I'm just gonna give us a few seconds to wait um, until we have everybody logged in because I can imagine people might have had another meeting up until two or something. So we'll just give them a bit of time. I can see we've got some comments from LinkedIn coming in, which is great. Um, and yeah, we're really looking forward to interacting with everyone as we're speaking on YouTube, on LinkedIn and on Facebook. Um, just, yeah, so I think I'll start with just giving a few of the how you can interact. As you can see, we've got the comments coming up, up on the screen. We do encourage you to leave your comments and to ask questions as we're going so that everyone um, can just interact. And we will then be looking at those questions and giving them to the speakers. Uh, we'll have an opportunity for to, you to ask questions after each of the presenters has given their little presentation. And at the end, we'll have a larger Q&A session to tie it all together and to make sure that all the different components also find their ways together. Um, I think, yeah, without further ado, let's just start. Let's, let me introduce who is here. Also, importantly, who I am. I've just been speaking. Um, Hannah Minela, as you can see from my name at least. I am from IBN Immigration Solutions in Johannesburg. And we are very excited to be hosting this webinar with our partners from Expat Partners and also um, the um, Business France in South Africa. That's Nicole and then um, Anthony Guachon from CPA in France. So I'll say a bit more to each of the, about each of the speakers, Fiona, Anthony um, and Nicole as they speak. You'll also see Andreas on the screen, who is our managing owner from IBN Immigration Solutions in um, South Africa. He's sitting in Cape Town, I'm sitting in Johannesburg. And yes, we're just looking forward to giving you an insight into the opportunities for entrepreneurs and investors into France, going into France. We're happy to assist you as IBN Immigration Solutions. We have a presence across the African continent with various offices. And then Fiona has strong presence in France where she's located and they have 
worldwide offices as well, including in India. So we're really excited to say that we can assist. We know we've had registrations from all over the world, and we're happy to assist people from all over the world in Africa, wherever you may be, to go into France and to explore that great country. So I don't want to spend too much more time. Um, your time is valuable. So just to go quickly, who you know what, what our little program is, we'll have Nicole Blazik from Business France speaking about the general um, investing into France, what opportunities you have. And then after that, Anthony from CPA will go through the beginning of setting up your company. Because obviously for you to set up a company in France, that's often even the first part before you get into the nitty gritty of immigration. And lastly, the important part as well to stay on in all the rules and getting your right to reside in France, which is the ultimate goal, We'll have Fiona from Expat Partners who will take us through the visa types. After all that information, we'll try and get it a bit practical, have some case studies that we go through with you, and then give you the opportunity to ask questions. And as I said, you know, do feel welcome to ask those questions as we're going so we can find a perfect opportunity to put them to the speakers. Um, and I think, yeah, because you're all on, you're watching on one of the platforms, there's no need to remind you to be muted or keep your videos off. That's perfect. And then I'm happy to hand over to Nicole, who, as I said, she's from Business France in South Africa. She's um, been there since September 2018, and her role is just to promote international development of the French economy and inward investment to France. So she'll share um, just a bit more information on that. Over to you, Nicole. Thank you very much, Hannah. Uh, let me share my presentation. Can you see it, Anna? Yes, we can see it now. Okay, good stuff. Good day to everybody. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you to IBN for the organization of this webinar. As Hannah said, my name's Nicole. I work for Business France. I'm based in Johannesburg. Business France is the government agency in charge of the international development of the French economy. So we basically the business desk of the French embassy. My role here is a one-stop shop providing customers confidential and complementary services to investors considering an investment into France. In 2019, France was the most popular European destination for new foreign direct investments. We had 1,468 investment decisions made that year. In 2020, despite the worldwide sanitary crisis, the unprecedented impact on the world economies, France showed resilience and attracted 1,215 new foreign direct investments. Investments are made in a broad and variety of, sec of business sectors, anything from manufacturing, R&D, business services, consumer services, logistics distribution, retail outlets, decision-making uh, headquarters. Paris was voted the most attractive city in Europe in 2020. Paris is a leading financial marketplace which has more than 800,000 direct jobs and 400,000 indirect jobs in the financial sector. Currently, France is promoting an economic recovery plan with a program of pro-business reforms. So here we're looking at 
reforms with regards to social model, building tomorrow's skill set, reducing corporate taxation, fostering business development and innovation, and simplifying administrative procedures. This relaunch France plan has injected 100 billion euro into the French economy over a two-year period. And this is considered one of the most ambitious economic stimulus plans in Europe. France has the largest concentration of global top 500 companies headquarters. It's the world's sixth largest economy, the second biggest consumer market in Europe with a direct access to 500 million consumers. The French population is 67 million inhabitants. For all of these reasons, France definitely offers a wide array of business opportunities for investors and has a proven track record of attracting and retaining foreign companies and key talent. So on this slide, we can see that France is a world trade hub. It's situated along the major European trade and communication flows. Paris is within less than two hours from most European capitals. Paris Charles de Gaulle Airport is the first airport for cargo and the second airport for passenger traffic in Europe. France has the second longest high-speed train network and French ports are rated among the top 10 in Europe. So France really offers a central European location, making it a gateway to the rest of Europe, to Middle East and Africa. France has world-class infrastructure in terms of transport, energy and connectivity. The best European uh, energy network, the cheapest electricity, 98% of the French population is connected to 4G and by next year, France aims to make this 100%. This makes the French economy very open to investment. France offers a highly creative innovation-friendly business environment. France was first host country in Europe for R&D center investments in 2018, outperforming the UK and Germany combined. France is Europe's most attractive country in terms of supporting innovation and R&D activities, and this is particularly thanks to the research tax credit. What is the research tax credit? This scheme, covers 30% of a company's eligible expenses of annual R&D up to 100 million euro. Thereafter, it covers 5%. To qualify for the research tax credit, a company, it's a legal entity in France, so you need a subsidiary. Obviously, you need to make sure your research is innovative, something that hasn't been developed before. Who's eligible? All companies, all sectors of activity under which conditions to perform research, applied research or experimental development that is innovative. France has also implemented several favorable measures designed to attract foreign talent and to retain the talent. I know that Fiona will talk more about this. So we talk about the talent passport visa. This is to attract talented foreign citizens from various horizons. So we're talking about investors, entrepreneurs, artists, startuppers. It's a four-year renewable visa. It covers the talent, the spouse, and minor children. Here we have a nice map of France, and it details all the cities in France which have the label La French Tech. So what is La French Tech? 
La French Tech is a startup scene, not only in France, but across the world. It brings together startups, investors, policymakers, community builders. Over the years, La French Tech has been building a vibrant and dynamic tech scene. France is a welcoming ground for entrepreneurs, and of course, entrepreneur is a French word. France is a startup nation with no fewer than 12,000 startups. In Paris, we have Station F, which is the world's largest startup campus. La French Tech does not only cover tech, but anything from agri-tech to fintech to uh, health e-tech. And French President Macron has an ambition to make France a startup nation and to grow the startup economy and to see many more unicorns coming out of France. In South Africa, we have a presence of La French Tech, both in Cape Town and in Johannesburg. All of this makes France a perfect country to scale up your company, develop your business, and France is making this easier for everybody. On this slide, you see some South African companies and African companies that are set up in France. You recognize Aspen Pharmacare. They have a manufacturing plant in Normandy, Dimension Data, Bell Equipment, amongst others. In 2019, there were 14 investment destinations made from Sub-Saharan Africa, creating or maintaining 150 jobs in France. So this shows that investors trust France as a place to set up their business. The country continues to work on being the most attractive place in Europe for investments. France is chosen because it's a country with a deep talent pool. It has a skilled workforce, and this is thanks to the high level of school and university education. 44% of French people aged between 25 and 34 years hold a higher education diploma. This is compared to 31% in Germany and 27% in Italy. France is ahead of Germany and the UK for hourly labor productivity. The cost of doing business in France is lower than the US, Japan, Germany, and the UK. France continues to implement measures of economic attractiveness to promote their country. It wants to move up the international rankings in all sectors. So we talk about aeronautical, and then we talk about Toulouse, which is the European space capital. We talk about industry of future, healthcare, agri-industry. France is the first agricultural producer in Europe. Tech innovation that we've touched on. Medical expertise is perceived as a specific strength of France in comparison to its European neighbors. And this once again ties back to the tax research credit. France has an open economy and is looking for investment as well as investing globally. We have French players in the global market. We have Airbus, Total, Orange, L'Oréal, Danone, Alstom, Renault, Sanofi. And obviously, it does not need to be said that France offers an exceptional quality of life. I'd like to thank you for your time. And as Hedda said, we're all available for questions. Thank you, Nicole. That was great. Interesting information, a bit on the background and giving us, I think, a why. A lot of the people here would be interested in France, have some of their whys, but I think 
you gave some more insight why would one want to go to France. Um, so thank you very much. I'm just want to confirm that there are whether there are any questions at this point. If anybody wants to um, comment on Facebook, LinkedIn, or YouTube, also just a quick welcome to anybody who joined us a bit late. We yeah we just had an introduction to France as a destination for investing from Nicole, who is with Business France in Johannesburg. And for anybody who's new, I'm Hannah, who's with IBN Immigration Solutions in Johannesburg. But without further taking your time, let's go to our next speaker, who is Anthony Guachon from CPA. Um, he's been the manager, he's the managing partner and has many, many, many years of experience um, in auditing and company setup and as a chartered accountant in France, and he founded CPA 14 years ago. And he's here to really just give us a bit of background on the first step of the house. So we had the why and also the what. What are you setting up? What are your options? So that's what we're going to look into now. And then, as I said, drop us your questions as we're going, if you have any, but over to you, Anthony. Thank you very much. Do you see my screen? I believe so. Well, um, yes, my name is Anthony. I'm a CPA based in Paris since now more than 20, 25 years. I've been experiencing a lot of uh, company, foreign company established in France. But maybe the first uh, question to, to ask yourself is when to do it and why to do it? I experienced so many times people have changed with the people who were keeping telling, is it an obligation for me to come to France and to, and to create a structure to open a company? Or maybe can I do only a business from my own, own country? So one of the key answer to this question, when to do it and why to do it, it's because it's not always your choice to open a company. Most of the time, it will be driven by, of course, the business you want to start in France, but it's most of the time uh, a solution which is driven by the tax rules in, in the world. You have to open a company in France if you have what we call a permanent establishment in France. Basically, what is, what is it? A permanent establishment is created when you have premises in France, when you are renting premises, when you have employees which are binding the company, negotiating, or when you have some inventory. Of course, this rule is from the old world. Uh, now, these days, it's very digital. But keep in mind that if you start to rent an office, if you have some people here in France for negotiating uh, with your partners, negotiating with potential clients on a long-term basis. It's not only a, a one month or two months stay. It's if there is someone along long term, more than six months, then it would create what we call from a tax point of view, a permanent establishment, which means, which brings us to the obligation to open a company or a branch in France. So it's not your choice, but it's to comply with the tax rules. Once you are forced to 
uh, create uh, a company in France, you have basically two options. Um, the first is to open a branch. The other one is to open a subsidiary. Um, the branch is uh, considered by the French market as easy to open and easy to close. So it's often uh, a, a good option when you come from abroad to say, you say to yourself, okay, it's going to be very easy to open, so I would choose a branch. Basically, what is a branch? It's, from a legal point of view, an extension of your own country company. There is no different, no legal difference between the, the company in your uh, own country and the, 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 the office in France. Which brings us to the, to my point of view, the two bad side of the, of having a branch. It is considered by the French market as still a foreign entity. And if you want to invest in the French market, if you want to be here on a long term basis, it's very important that you show that you are French or you want to be here on a long term basis. And having a branch, would be maybe considered by the French market as something which is not very permanent. So to my point of view, it's not uh, a good option. The other bad side of the branch is if there is a problem, a legal problem issued in, in France, then it would go out, out automatically to the own country. You cannot say, okay, I'm closing down my French office and leave the problem in France. No, from a legal point of view, it's the same legal entity which bring us to most of the time what I would recommend as the best option, which is to open a subsidiary. A subsidiary is basically a French company, which can be owned 100% uh, by the mother company. It can be also, also owned uh, 20, 20, 30% or 10% by a local manager. There is absolutely no uh, contract, no regulation on that. It's free. You, you can choose who's going to be, who will be the shareholder. And basically, there are two types of, of company in France. I mean, the most common, we are talking about SRL or SAS. Most of the time, the SAS would be chosen as it is considered by the French market and by everyone in France as the most easy to run uh, because you can uh, you can have the the general meeting by 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 internet. You can you can organize the, the, the way the company is run as you want. So you have to keep in mind that it is not always your cho your choice to open a company in France, but it's a solution which is driven by the tax rules. And most of the time, I would recommend to open an SAS, a subsidiary because it is considered by the French market as a French entity. And as such, it's a positive sign that you are providing to the French market. The process of incorporation of a company is, uh, you will always find people who would say, okay, it's gonna take 24 hours, but I'm talking in real life. So in real life, it takes usually a little bit, a little bit longer. The process is basically to find a name, the same in your country, find a name of the company, find a CEO, and we'll just stop a few seconds on the CEO. You can perfectly, without any restriction, appoint a CEO of a French entity 
coming from uh, the US, South Africa, India. There is no uh, regulation on that. There will be, and maybe Fiona will talk a little bit later uh, about this, there will be only regular, an immigration issue if the CEO wants to come and live in France. But if the CEO is living in South Africa, as an example, uh, I would simply provide the, the address of the CEO in South Africa, and that's fine. There is absolutely no restriction on that. So a name, a CEO, a paid-in capital, the minimum capital is one euro in France. Of course, it does not make sense. It does not give a good sign to the French market to open a company with only one euro. So I would recommend to, at least to consider 10,000 euros. Um, and the amount is paid into an escrow account only during the formation of the company. Once the company is up running, you can have the cash back and pay your supplier. So, and the, the, the two other elements you need is a, to have an address. Of course, uh, for most of the foreign company, when you enter into the French market, you don't have immediately your final premises. So you would use the services of what we call a PO box, and it's very easy. And the final uh, thing, which is quite important, and most of the time, the, the less easy is to find a bank. Uh, you have to find a bank to have a bank before being able to open your, the company. So most of the time we would either contact the bank or the local manager, or we can uh, put you in contact with a French bank, or maybe your the bank of your own country have some connection with the, with the Parisian bank. Okay, but that's in the, the overall process. It's usually the most uh, complicated thing. Once we've got this uh, element, name of the CEO, name of the, name of the company, paid in capital, uh, the address and the name of the bank, then we can write the article of association, get that signed electronically, and we can file it. Which means that in real life, uh, the process takes between three weeks and four weeks. Starting from the day you say, okay, I want to start. Then you have to organize the meeting with the bank, and, and, and have the, the, the article of association uh, processed and signed. So in real life, I'd say it takes between three and four weeks. Just to, uh, we've got to be quick, sorry, but uh, just to, a quick word on, on taxation in France. Of course, as in every country in the world, except the BVI and maybe some Delaware country, but France is subject to, uh, for all corporations, to what we call corporate income tax. Uh, the tax rate is in front is aiming, and it's going to be to next year, is aiming to be at 25%, which is the average in Europe. We started a few years ago from 33, and now we're going down to 23, uh, 25%, which is average, but not too bad. And just a, a quick word, of course, if you have a subsidiary or branch in France, you cannot say, okay, it's going to be only the cost uh, and I will only leave the cost. You have to build, uh, if you have only some cost, you have to build a way that the French subsidiary will have some income, either by uh, charging directly the French client, which is an option. The other option is that if you only have sales people or marketing people on, or I don't know, purchase people, maybe 
the French entity can also charge a fee to the mother company. But keep in mind that you have to build a way that the profit made in France is taxed in France in a way or another. And final word on social charges. Um, there is a good thing in France is that social charges are, I mean, the, the social security level and the pension level is very good. good. So that's a good sign. Uh, the other side is that we, the, the level of social charges is uh, quite important. Just to give you a, a brief uh, overview, if, for example, you agree with an employee on, let's say, a, a salary, a gross salary of 100, the total cost for you as an employer will be between 130, 140, because there is between 30 and 40% of social charges which are added on the gross salary. So just to give you uh, an idea, so keep in mind that the total cost will be multiplied by 1.3, 1.4. And of course, there is this, the level of charges is uh, moving up uh, if the salary is higher. And if you have a very low salary, uh, I take the opportunity to mention that in France, we have a minimum wage, which is approximately per, per month of 1,500 euros, that's per month, 1,500 euros per month. If you are very close to this minimum wage, then the social charges are very low. They are approximately 10%. But this kind of salary is usually agreed uh, for non-qualified work uh, outside Paris. Uh, but if you are considering to hire salespeople to uh, and qualified job, uh, of course, people would not agree to work for this minimum wage. And you have to consider an average of 2,000, 3,000, 3,500 euros per month as an average gross salary. So, of course, it's a lot of information in a very short period because it's very limited, but I will be pleased to answer all the uh, questions that you might have on this uh, subject. Thank you very much, Anthony. Much appreciated. I can see it is a lot of information, and I think maybe that's important. Obviously, this is an introduction, and if somebody wants to make France a reality, we bring all these services, all these steps together by working with your company. Um, we do actually have a few questions, so I'll ask them now. Just, I think, I guess it's a yes or no question, maybe not, but is it possible if a company sets up, Justine asked this question, sets up a branch first, can they change this into becoming a subsidiary or must that decision be made, taken at the beginning? It is technically feasible. I mean, you can start with the branch and move, move on to another type of company. But from a technical point of view, it's basically more complicated than choosing right away the right side because you have there are some, some tax, I wouldn't say complication, but there are some tax implications from moving from an, uh, one, one uh, solution, which is branch, onto another solution, which is subsidiary. So my recommendation is always to start with the first and appropriate solution. Most of the time, I think it's a, a subsidiary. But for example, we have a lot of Indian clients. 
they would always choose a branch because there is a specific tax treaty between France and India and the branch for them is better. But besides the Indian bulls, I would always uh, recommend to choose uh, an SAS subsidiary. Okay, perfect. And then leading on to that, we had a question whether there's any minimum amount of employees you need to be able to open a subsidiary. Zero. You can start a company with having one CEO and the CEO does not, it doesn't need to be on the payroll. You can have a CEO not being paid. Okay. And there is no obligation to have an employee. Not at all. Okay, perfect. I think that'll make it a lot easier for some people, um, especially I think Nicole, this was a question still from your presentation saying the companies were, those are quite large companies and it's great to see France as a trusted destination, but maybe you can just very briefly, what are the opportunities and are there opportunities? I think there are for smaller businesses. So um, at the moment, um, I'm focusing on the tech sector and that we're looking at startups. We, we're talking small companies. Um, I have a South African company in the agri-tech sector, which uh, has been able to apply for, so there's various types of different uh, talent passports. He's been applying and got a talent passport visa. He's been accepted for an incubation, um, incubation acceleration program in Lille. So you're looking at all kinds of different sectors. I've got somebody who's starting a, a hotel. I've got somebody who's in manufacturing, a South African. The French company was actually his client. They approached him and now they've gone into a partnership in manufacturing. You're talking tech, you're talking services. Um, at the moment, uh, hospitality. So yeah. We don't have to, it's, those are big boys because we know the names. Uh, the opportunities are there. We don't look at company size. We don't look at sector of activity. Okay. Perfect. Thank you so much. And I think that leads us on right to Fiona because I can imagine, at least listening, that the question is now, so how do I get there? How do I get my residence permit and visas as a South African or Indian or wherever in the world you're watching? What options do I have? How do I get there? So. Fiona, she's from Expat Partners, our trusted partners in France. You know, we work together with her so that we can offer assistance for people located in South Africa, in South Africa and in France, both sides, because that's the journey you're taking. She has years of experience in immigration, much more than she knows. And yes, founded the company. And over to you, Fiona. Um, Thank you, Hannah, for that very nice introduction. Um, and it's a pleasure here to be presenting um, with Nicole and Anthony. Um, I would like to start by saying, uh, before the presentation comes up, that one of the most important things when you are thinking of doing a business here, and I'm not French, and I open my business here, so I know exactly what this is about, is that you must work with trusted partners. You have to have everybody sitting around the table, um, the accountants, that really is the first step, um, tax people, very, very important, um, the help of Business France, which is essential. Um, We're always saying to people who are coming to open up a company, you should go and speak to Business France first. Uh, because it's important for Business France to also be aware that you have a project coming into France. So um, I think my presentation is going to come up in just one second. Thank you very much. 
So um, thanks to the French administration and the government, as Nicole has explained, there is a whole series of talent passport categories. And these are the main categories that we will always be encouraging people to look at. Why? Because mainly you could obtain a four-year permit, which can be extended. This can lead to long-term immigration. In most cases, this could also lead to French citizenship as well. And it links, if that would be appropriate, to the family having a visa and a permit, which allows spouses to work, open a business, be a student. So it's it's really is very, very attractive. And I'm just going to go through the main categories. Oh, no, I'm going to have to ask my wonderful person who's behind the scenes to actually move the slides because it's not happening. So Julianne, if you could just move on to the next slide. I'm sorry about that. And we're going to be going into the talent passport categories. So the three ones that we're going to be speaking about are the talent passport investor and the talent passport creation of a company. And also we will speak about an entrepreneur visa as well. So the talent passport investor is mainly for those who are going to be coming into France. Thank you very much. Let's just see if that's going to move on now for me. Yes, it is, super. So the talent passport investor. Talent Passport Investor is going to be mainly for people who are coming into France who are actually going to be investing quite a large amount because the minimum is €300,000 investment. Also, the person is going to engage that they will either maintain employment if they're buying a company, if you're in an M&A situation, or they will be creating employment in France during the initial four years. The individual who is the applicant has to have an active role in the company. So going back to what Anthony has been advising, definitely when we're working with Anthony, we will be saying, yes, that should be a subsidiary, definitely. And uh, the CEO is going to have an active role if he wishes to come into France and apply for a talent passport investor. As I said, it's renewable, which is very, very important for everybody and it can lead into the long term, the spouse can work. French social security, that's something which um, Anthony very briefly touched on, but I would like to just slightly mention that the French social security system is unique, a lot of very high level protection for people, which is important. And talent passports, if the person is coming into France on a local status, they will benefit from that as well. The disadvantages are about the active role. So very often we have people coming with us with questions who are going to say, I'm buying property here and this property is going to be a hotel in a hotel, but actually I'm going to stay in South Africa because I've also got my hotel I'm running there. No, you have to have an active role in the company in France for this. And it's that is a very, very important part. Um, it's something which the French consulate does come back a lot on. So it has to be very clearly showing in your business study. Uh, one of the important facts of these applications is that, yes, there must be a business plan. Uh, we always advise that the financial side should be uh, vetted or prepared by a French accountant as well. 
Then we've got the talent passport creation of a company. Now, this is one which um, I love because I just think it's a fantastic permit category for people who are coming, who are going to be setting up. It could be a small or a large company. Um, the investment there is 30,000 euros. Um, you have a business plan, of course. You have to have a diploma equivalent of a master's degree, which most people have, or they've got the five years experience. So it's one or the other. And as I said, a serious project. Serious project means the business plan. You've got to show that you are qualified to set up this. So if you're an architect and actually you're thinking of setting up a medical center, that probably wouldn't work. But on the other hand, if you're in marketing and you want to set up a data center here, that could work because you would be demonstrating that you know a lot about your marketing and you're setting up your data center on marketing. The advantages are very similar, again, um, as you can see here. Um, all these slides are going to be shared afterwards for anybody who's attending or registered. Under this talent passport creation of a company, you cannot move to another company and you cannot work as a freelance either. That's an important thing to remember. Um, and you would have to apply for a change of status. Now, change of status in France is possible all long-term categories of a visa. You can change your status in France, but you just have to remember that that could take a couple of months. The last category, which may apply to those who actually say, I don't really want to set up a, a company as such, a limited company. Um, I'm just coming as a consultant, an entrepreneur. So there is an entrepreneur visa. It is not a talent passport, but it is a very good entrepreneur visa category. And you would set up what we call a micro enterprise. Um, and it's mainly for consultants or freelance people. Again, we're always going to be saying a serious business plan. Maybe this is going to be a smaller one. It's just that you do need to demonstrate that you have the knowledge for what you're coming in to do as for your business. And you have to show that you would have more than one client as well. And you need to demonstrate that this is either you have the income in the manner that you already have pre-sales in France or that you have income from elsewhere. Um, we generally do advise that that should be a minimum of 18,000 for the year. Here, the advantages aren't as great because it isn't a talent passport as such. So the first year you come in on a one year long stay visa, and then you would move into a permit category. So it does mean that you have to do an extension after the first year. It's very discretionary, so you have to have a very strong case file that has to be built up, and there is no accompanying family permit, which could be a huge disadvantage. It's one of the things that we always take into account during an assessment with Hannah. Um, and as IBN knows, when we see somebody coming in with a family, we will probably, in most cases, say it would be better to try to go for a talent passport as such. You do have, I'm just going to very briefly say that for those who are setting up a company where they think they would have employees coming in as well, because you may have a company and you're going to say, yes, but I've got a lot of engineers that need to come to France to work. And we have a very good intracompany transfer here. You have a talent passport intracompany transfer. Uh, there is a minimum salary. Uh, Anthony touched on the minimum salary here. The minimum salary is actually a little bit higher 
than the French minimum salary. But we do have something which we're not going to go into details about, but which you should just note down. We have collective bargaining agreements here in France. And that means that for a given position and years of experience, there is also a minimum salary that has to be calculated, which is why it's so important to have advisors such as Anthony and his team who can say at the beginning, you have engineers coming in, this would be your minimum salary, so that your business plan is going to really reflect what will be the reality. The advantage here is that the employee could work on a client site. The processing is very quick as well. We didn't go into the processing timeframes, but the processing timeframes on an average are on, a salon, on this one, the talent passport, salary en mission, is three to five weeks, which means you can get your employee in very quickly. On the investor and the creation of a company, as you can imagine, that does go through a full review with the French consulate, and it can be a little bit longer. There's an ICT detachment for those who would want to remain on the home country employment contract, and there it's only for a maximum of three years, an absolute maximum as such. I'm going through this rather quickly because I know that we're coming up to questions time and I think that probably Hannah has quite a few questions that she wants to ask the team. So thank you very much for this opportunity and um, of course we're here to answer any questions. Thank you so much Fiona for giving us more of an insight into the how, the second part of the how, how do you get your visa and your permit. So just again, reminder to everyone to be you know, really welcome and free to ask your questions now. Now's the best opportunity because you've got all of us live here. Um, the video, as has been said, will stay up on YouTube live and you know, welcome to drop questions there as well afterwards, or of course, preferably reach out to us because then we can personally respond to you but now's the time um i cannot see any questions coming in for now so i think what i'll do is just go on to the case studies because i can imagine that that also covers some of the questions that people might have if you're sitting there maybe you will find your own position reflected in one of these case studies i would hope so and um, so if yeah if my if the presentation of the case studies can come onto the screen and i would just ask maybe um, in the, um, maybe in the reverse or, well, no, let's go in the order um, that we said we would start with a company set up often. So, Anthony, maybe you could go first, just give a brief indication what would be the best company in that case. And then um, Nicole can say any aspects of Business France's involvement and Fiona can round it off by giving her advice on the best immigration and visa category. So, um, just here, okay, I think um, that is the, our first case study, which I hope everybody can see now, which we have a South African business owner. They have a well-established um, company in South Africa, it's profitable, and they're in the construction interior design field. And they want to establish and run a branch or subsidiary, branches used widely here in a sense of they want some form of operations in France, they want their South African operations to continue, and she's moving with her husband and her children. So, Anthony, maybe just briefly. Uh, ba basically, I think I'm going to re restate what I initially uh, uh, mentioned. 
In this solution, we have someone who is already uh, who has already have a profitable business in South Africa. Maybe a good way to invest in front and not jeopardize the uh, the, the business already owned and 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 profitable in South Africa is to create an independent ACS in in a way that it would be good for for the future business in France because it's considered as a French entity. It would be good for uh, her and husband because she uh, would be on the social security, French social security scheme and for the children. And uh, so I would strongly recommend to, to open uh, an SAS again. Nicole, are there any thoughts from your side that you would think in terms of this kind of scenario? Um, agree with um, Anthony, we must do a subsidiary, so it's a filial. She'll keep her HQ in South Africa. Um, I would ask her where in France she'd be interested. So my uh, privileged contacts are the region. So let's say uh, she chooses Paris. So I would talk to Choose Paris region. We would then be able to assist um, when it comes to what type of office space does she need, what type of talent would she need to uh, recruit. Um, in terms of getting the visa, she would apply for a talent passport visa company creator. Fiona's covered all the requirements of it. That has to be applied for in South Africa or your country of residence. Fiona, anything to add to that? And maybe we had a question coming we, in and you were we did have a I was just about to say, Hannah, sorry, I'm, I'm barging in. I saw the question coming in. No, go ahead. Um, so, yes, I, I agree with Nicole. Um, creation of a company. I mean, we probably would be doing an assessment, all of us, to find out if they're going to be investing more, because you never know. Um, if they were investing more, they perhaps would go for an investor visa. Uh, but the main thing, yes, that we would definitely keep them in a talent passport um, so that if... Um, her husband wanted to work in France, he would have that opportunity, or if he wanted to open his own company as such. Children, we didn't mention anything about children. So children get the same visa category as their parents, but under the talent passport, they also would apply when they have arrived in France for circulation documents. Um, circulation documents, it doesn't give you a legal status as such in France because they automatically have that with their parents. Even if they had visas which are three months, they still maintain a legal status in France when the visas have expired. But the circulation documents enable them to travel if they are unaccompanied by their parents. So depending on the age of the children, you can have children who are going to school and maybe they're going on school trips. It is very important to have circulation documents and we certainly always advise on that. Um, the social security we have also touched on as such. Now, the question was about uh, if COVID has affected the applications. Yes, <laughs> yes, COVID has, has affected applications as I'm sure Nicole knows more than anybody else um, because of course, one has situations where people either had applied, uh, visas could have been issued, they couldn't travel, or people had applications which were stopped, or people actually were about to start. So we have every form of situation. The French administration has been wonderful about this. Every case is taken into consideration and is studied. So it's very much on a case-by-case -case system. But uh, seriously, for anybody who's opening a business in France, 
every possibility to be able to keep an application alive, even if it may be to reissue a visa as such, and each consulate takes their own decision on that, uh, is made. Okay, perfect. I think also yeah. the question was, you know, if now you say you had a really great business, now obviously COVID has affected a lot of business, you would say the French administration has been you know, aware of that, that obviously the last year isn't necessarily the best numbers to judge a business. France has closed, obviously, the borders. Um, as unfortunate, um, the South African variant, which is a South African, I don't like hearing about. Um, so France is a uh, South Africa is a country of interest. The borders are closed. How, uh, so talent passports cannot be uh, at the moment. So you have to approach Capago, South Africa, and then they then send the documents through to the French consulate. They are laissez passer, but once again, as Fiona says, uh, you know, we're talking to the consulate. Um, so, but so I would say, given the time frame, and Fiona can uh, comment and assist me with the answer, I would say. If somebody's really got their business plan, we ask for a three-year business plan. We ask them what are they going to do in France? Are they going to commercialize? Are they going to do R&D? I would say start processing your file. We need a lot of documents. We need a business plan in French and, and, and. So if you have a serious business project, you want to set up a subsidiary in France, start your file for the talent passport visa. And things are reopening. Uh, France reopened since yesterday, slowly, slowly, outside venues. So, yeah, I, I would say start preparing the documents. I totally agree with you, um, Nicole. We have, even at the worst times, always said, keep preparing, keep having your file ready. Certain documents may to be, have to be updated slightly. But, I mean, already, if you have a project, opening the company would be the first step. Um, and then you have to move forward gradually, even if it means at one moment that things are put on hold, it still means that you're ready. Okay, perfect. I think that's great. Um, I can see I've got one question to ask towards the end, but I think I'll go on to the third case study, being mindful of the time, which is a bit more different. So don't mind me skipping over one of the slides just now. So we've got the third case study here, which is somebody who already has some business interest in France. They're a shareholder of a startup in France in the development market research, and it's just been open for about a year. Um, they're still living in South Africa, and they want to now be able to move to, the, uh, to France, join the company, become more involved. So that's that, yeah, that's also a situation which we are faced with somebody who might have been able to get into business in France from South Africa, but now they want the benefits of living in France. So I think in the same order, if there's any thoughts, Anthony, from your side on that situation? From, from my side, no, I mean, I think it's more a question which is dedicated or related to, to Fiona, but if the company is already existing and is holding a 33% shareholder, the existing company is got two options. The first is to create a brand new company, uh, but in a way it would be 
in a way artificial because the, this brand new company would have no uh, future business to, to develop because well in this example the you want to work and and develop the the, the company's already got a share in uh, the other option is maybe for him to become a, either a CEO or what we call director general uh, CEO in, in, in France of this company. But again, it's a question of negotiation. But in, in this type of situation, I think I would, Fiona will confirm, it would be for him to be either employed by the French entity as an employee or to be appointed as a director general or CEO. Uh, that's the way we could uh, invest the French market, I mean, come into the French market with him and his family. But maybe, Fiona, you would confirm? So I do confirm. Um, Nicole, I'm sure she's got a lot to say because it's startup, so one could be going down the tech visa route as well. <laughs> um, but th there actually are a lot of possibilities here. Nicole, I, of course, please... I just briefly say about two things and then I'd like you to take over about the tech visa because I think it's wonderful. But yes, there could be various possibilities and it's really going to depend on how quickly this person needs to get in here. Sometimes you might actually say to the person, if you want to be employed by the company, a talent passport European blue card might be the quickest solution to have you coming in. And there the person is employed at a slightly high level um, but it is an employee. Um, if that person is coming in as an investor, one would have to see the investments that have, have been made um, as well. And if not, yes, if they're coming in as a CEO and that this French company is part of the same group or is the subsidiary of the entity in South Africa, well, then, yes, you could do what we call a talent passport legal representative, CEO category or managing director, if the person had the same role in the past. But, Nicole, please do explain about the tech visa because that probably is going to be the best solution. Okay. So, uh, Fiona's uh, spoken about the talent passport visa company creator. So, the criteria is exactly the same for the innovative project, except that the uh, company founder creator does not need that 30,000 euros, which goes into the company uh, capital. So La French Tech, it's uh, the French Tech visas actually there's a number of incubators, accelerators throughout France. So if I'm talking to a fintech company, I'd say Normandy has got a great fintech cybersecurity. Then I would look at an accelerator incubator. They would have to apply for a program. They would then have to be selected. They would get a letter from La French Tech in France saying that it's a project with uh, an innovative component to it, then the incubator accelerator would say that they've been accepted. So for the program of mentoring, coaching, networking, that kind of thing, then they would be able to get, same story, four-year renewable visa. Uh, you need to justify in your country of residence the equivalent of the SMIC, the 18,000 euro. The money can be here to show that you can keep yourself going for a year while you're in France. So the only thing is that you don't need that 30k euro, which 
it's when you're opening your subsidiary, you're putting it into the uh, company's bank account. So in this case, my understanding is that the company might have been created already in France. When I'm talking to tech companies, generally we're not yet. We haven't yet created the company. They want to go there. They've been accepted specific with the tech, uh, with the talent passport innovative project because they've been accepted for a program. But as we're talking about a startup, I think it may already be <laughs> in an incubator. Yes. So yes. he would he would be able to apply for his tech visa. Yes. Perfect. We've got the next. Yeah. Thank you so much, Nicole. We've got the next question, which was briefly on the screen, which also is actually directed at you, Nicole. Um, are there special credit or funding programs for foreign startups? We've talked, I think, a bit about the tax credit and being mindful of the time. Let's maybe focus on funding opportunities for startups. Is that okay. available? Okay, so same story. Business France is a government agency. We belong to the government. So as such, we don't provide any funding. Same story. Setting up a subsidiary in France gives you access to the national tax research credit and to regional benefits uh, and incentives, that kind of thing. Obviously, there's programs run by the French Embassy. Um, there's something called the Young Innovative Enterprise, but that's more on an embassy side of things, and I don't have all of that information. So funding access to that is more once you've set yourself up. Okay. Thank you so much. I think that's great. But I think also, obviously, with the startups, with certain companies, what we heard from Fiona earlier, which was great, is that for certain categories, there's no massive minimum requirement, especially the creation of a company with 30,000 euros. It's not that high. It's what people might be able to bring in as well. So that's great news. Uh, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm going to give it maybe a minute to wait for some questions just to make sure that I think I can't see many more coming in. There was one question, which is actually now coming up now, on the estimated financial outline. I just wanted to say, I think that would be difficult to go through um, in a webinar like this because it depends on individual cases. Where are you in the process? But of course, if you reach out to us, we would be happy to assist to kind of, before you start the process, also let you know what costs are you looking at, start to finish, what will be involved you know, in the various steps that we've discussed here with the company set up with Anthony or, um, and then immigration side and any other costs that would be part of, you know, a more personalized service, which is what we provide, which is how we're happy to assist you in your cases to make sure that we have the right pathway for you exactly, um, assisting with this beautiful team that we have on the screen right now. So that's perfect. Um, I think, yeah, I'll give the opportunity if anybody has any closing words, closing comments to say, otherwise, yeah, happy with that. Any comments? My only comment is, is that um, France is a very attractive hub, as Nicole explained, um, for those who are seeking to start business in Europe. Uh, it's extremely well placed. It's very, very dynamic. Um, and I'd like to thank Andreas and you, Hannah, and 
other people from your team for everything um, that you've been able to put together here for people. And uh, thank you. And a massive thank you to Fiona and to the Nicole for spending this hour with us for yeah being able to give everybody a bit of insight. We do appreciate it. I'm yeah very happy. Very thank much. you so much. Thank you. Have a good afternoon. Thank you, and thank you everybody for watching and for showing your attention, of course. Um, and as I said, this there will be a recording available in case you you know missed the beginning or had to leave early, so you can come back and refer back.